Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Emmett Audio. I have a story to tell you. This is a story I heard when I was 17 and working on my first sailing ship. And the story is about uh, a sailing ship called the Pride of Baltimore. I believe it was the Pride of Baltimore 2. Pride of Baltimore 1 sank. And then the Pride of Baltimore 2, right around the time that I started sailing, uh, got dismasted. I believe what happened was her bowsprit uh, got blown up and over, and then because the bowsprit wasn't holding tension on the masts, uh, the masts fell. Because often on these schooners, which is what the Pride of Baltimore is, she's a topsail schooner, the masts are raked, which means that the masts sort of lean backwards. And that has to do with sail geometry and... Um, at any rate, then they're held in tension. The, the shrouds on either side sort of pull them back, and then the stays forward pull them forward. Well, if you don't have the bowsprit pulling them forward, then they're already leaning so far that they fall. And, um, and what happened, I believe, in the Pride of Baltimore is uh, the attachment of the... So underneath the bowsprit, <clears throat> what keeps the bowsprit down are these... Um, Oh, I forget what they're called. But it's basically a stay. Uh, uh, well, these days it would be wire um, um, that goes from the tip of the bowsprit down to the hull. And that provides tension downward. Um, and... <clears throat> and... That snapped. I believe the connection at the hull snapped, and that started this cascade of events very quickly where um, where the stays were no longer held in tension, and then the masts fell. <clears throat> but the, the moral of the story, because uh, when I was working on sailing ships, we were told sort of disaster stories all the time. It was part of our training was, or here's this cautionary tale, and here's this cautionary tale, and here's the things you need to be thoughtful of, and here's these things you need to be thoughtful of. So there was always a moral, and the moral of this story was that they hadn't thought through where they wanted their weak link to be on the ship. And, and typically, traditionally, uh, the shrouds were the weak link. So... <clears throat> Back when shrouds were made out of rope that was then wrapped in tarred canvas and then served in tarred uh, twine. Uh, serve means you would sort of spiral twine very tightly, super, super tightly, up this uh, wrapped hemp or manila rope. And that would become the shroud. Well, these days with modern materials, even though they, they sort of make it the same way and it looks the same, if it's made with cable, uh, meaning wire, well, it's all of a sudden you've changed where the weak link of that system is. And so it doesn't necessarily, what they hadn't figured out at that time, because nobody had gotten dismasted in this way using this particular combination of modern and old materials, 
was that they had changed where the weakest link was. And so all of a sudden, when typically I believe the shrouds would have broken before the stays broke and therefore the sails would have stayed up, or the masts would have stayed up and under the circumstance, uh, the opposite was true. And the tension that the shrouds were under, the, the fact that they had so much tension pulling, they were, they were pulling down with so much tension, meant that once the stays had broken, they just inexorably snapped the mast from their own tension. <clears throat> and, um, and I was thinking about that whole idea of where is the weakest link, because, well, when I was on sailing ships, so whenever, um, whenever we were fixing part of the rigging, we were always asking ourselves, okay, what's the weak link? What do we want to break? Because stuff breaks. So what do you want to actually break when the shit hits the fan? You know, you have some squall come through and it's, you have too many sails up. Like, what do you want to have happen? Do you want to have your sail bust out and, and, and break? Well, sails these days are made not out of natural canvas. They're made out of, um, you know, modern sail making material, even if they're made in the same traditional way. Okay. So then do you want the connection of the sail to the yard to, to break? Do you want the the ropes holding the sail to break, like you have to think through what do you want your weak link to be so that you minimize damage and, and danger when the situation exceeds the limits of your setup. <clears throat> and I've been thinking about that lately because this year um, during the Christmas tree season, I have a different weak link in my body than I have in years past. In years past, my weak link has been my forearms and my hand strength and having essentially having inflammation there from them not being sufficiently strong going into the season. And I, and I came to sort of understand how to handle that. Um, you know, icing and all that. Well, this year is the second year where my hands are much, much stronger because I'm doing so much more carving. And I'm also this year, especially doing a much better job of keeping inflammation in check. So I came into the season with very good hand health, uh, both in terms of strength and in terms of not having lingering inflammation, like good systems. <laughs> but what that means is that there's a different weak link. It is not, uh, so the, the weak link now is um, I, I'm not entirely sure if it's overall strength or if it's simply my upper pectorals are not strong enough. And that radiates down the top of my bicep and the underside of my forearm and makes my hands go numb. But they're not numb because of overall inflammation. They're numb because my upper pectorals tighten and tighten and tighten and tighten over the course of the evening and nighttime so that I wake up in the middle of the night and I need to stretch them out by leaning in the doorway <clears throat> with my hands placed on either side, sort of leaning forward so that my pecs um, and sort of all along my arms will, uh, 
will loosen up. And, and I can tell that that's what's going on instead of inflammation because when I do that, the numbness in my fingers goes away almost immediately, like 10 seconds of that. And my hands are, are better, they're not 100% better, but they're, it gives relief that quickly. Okay, well that's nice to know, but then what do I do about the fact that I have this weak link that is still a problem? And if I correct it, right, so right now I'm actually suffering a massively over-tightened over pecs because I decided to, well, let's just see if doing a couple push-ups, which generally I avoid, let's see if doing a couple push-ups will sort of work the muscle and loosen it so that it can then sort of relax better, right? Which is sort of like you go for a walk if your legs are knotted up, right? A nice gentle walk. So I did 10 push-ups. And today my pecs are much worse. So how do I change the situation to to make it so that that is not my weak link next year? I mean, ideally I'd be setting myself up so that I don't figure out what my weak link is, right? There's nothing to say that you have to come up against your weak link. And I'd say that's definitely the preferred goal is to not have that. But, but like it or not, I'm in about another week of pretty intense daily use. And then it'll, I can start to ease off a bit, but I've got another week of sort of combined wholesale and retail work that I'm doing and then the wholesale work will ease off and it'll just be the retail work and that gets a lot easier. Well, so it seems to me like I need to make sure that I go into next season probably with stronger biceps and stronger pecs and I need to figure out how to do that without exacerbating uh, my grip strength in my forearms. And that also, well, this whole thing has gotten me thinking that this idea of a weak link in any situation is a useful way to look at the world because let's say Let's say that you find yourself at a place in life where you're at your breaking point. Well, it's useful to ask yourself, what is the breaking point? What is the weak link specifically? What's the thing that causes you to be at your breaking point? And I think it's such a useful thing because we can look at it and say, okay, I don't know, let's say uh, you're at the end of your rope, you're at your breaking point because you have shitty bedtime habits, you go to bed way too late, and so you're chronically fatigued, and that's starting to have ripple-down effects on everything else. Okay, that's, that's your weak link, the fact that your sleep sucks. Okay, so now you do a bunch of stuff to make your sleep better, right? And overall, let's say that that means that you have a slightly higher 
breaking point at this point, but maybe you still hit your breaking point. Well, what's the new weak link? I think athletes probably, I've, I've never been an athlete properly, but I, I suspect that this is something that athletes deeply understand because I can't help but think that if you're training and you're constantly pushing yourself to be better and better and better, that over the years, what your weak link is, is going to change, especially if you're sort of an athlete throughout your childhood and teenage years, because your body is changing. And so what, and your body can change so much that what your weak link is, is going to definitely change over time. But I think that this idea of weak link can be applied to uh, our personal relationships, right? Sort of what is the thing that constantly comes up that is the thing that messes up the harmony of our personal relationships can be something applied to our career. What is it that we sort of keep, that keeps hitting us on the head with our career that we keep coming up against? And so I think it can be incredibly helpful to try and ask yourself, okay, what's the weak link? But then the key is to recognize that you're going to solve this and there's going to be a new weak link. And so I think we all need to strap ourselves in and acknowledge that the fact that weak links are going to exist is going to be true for the rest of your life. It's simply that what the actual weak link is at any given moment is going to change. And hopefully it'll change for the better if we're doing a good job and we're being thoughtful about it and we're actually addressing what our weakest link is. And sometimes it'll probably take us a long time to actually adequately address something for it to stop being our weakest link. You know, habits run deep. Injuries take a long time to resolve and stop being the thing. And... And yet, they do. Stuff changes. And hopefully, if we are thoughtful and determined about addressing our weakest links, not only will the weakest link change, but that our, our base state of what is the level that our, our weakest link brings us down to, that level will get higher and higher. That's certainly what I intend for myself, and I think it can be true for any of us. I gotta get to the Grove and open up for opening day. Today's the day, it's rainy. So I don't think we'll have many people, but that's good because I need to ease into this thing. Thanks for listening, everyone. Talk tomorrow.